Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John. With me today are two returning guests who last time also did another Fosse project. It's John Flynn and Mark Reddy, hosts of Two Old Queens. Woo! Hello. hello. We never talk if we're going to do our trademark hello. Right. I yeah. sometimes don't, right. and it's all right. So. It <laughs> was... Just go with it. <laughs> It was close enough that by the power of editing, I can make it work. Wow. <laughs> oh, you edit yours? Wow. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah. And we're here today to talk about the classic Bob Fosse autobiography, uh, sure. All That Jazz, which came out in 1979, screenplay by Robert Allen Arthur and Bob Fosse, directed by Fosse. And according to IMDb, Director-choreographer Bob Fosse tells his own life story as he details the sordid career of Joe Gideon, a womanizing, drug-using dancer. That's basically it. That's basically it, yeah. <laughs> so what's fascinating is that this is just like a snippet of his life, of Fosse's life. It's, yeah. like it, it's after he had a heart attack and was doing Chicago as well as finishing up the movie Lenny, which I've never seen, but it's about Lenny Bruce. Yeah. So that's what the, it's very interesting seeing the IMDb being like, this is what this person represents. And this is what this person yeah. represents. And Anne ranking plays herself. <laughs> and she had auditioned seven times. Yes. Which is <laughs> wild. Tells you what a nice man Bob Fosse was. <laughs> He basically wrote the part for her and then made her audition seven. Like, that's insane. Um, yeah. but a real dom sub dynamic. It's very right. uh, yeah. a reverse she, she phantom thread. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This is also my first time seeing this movie. I know, shame on me. All right, but it was really good. <laughs> I got <Yeah>. really <laughs> emotional at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this uh, your first time, any of you? Or have you, I mean, John, you've probably seen this a thousand times already. Uh, several dozen, yeah. I mean, I first, I remember first seeing it in high school because one of my teachers was like, oh, I think you would like this. And in high school, I was like, I don't get a lot of this. Uh, but I've watched it dozens of, I've, you know, grown to love it and seen it many, many times. And yeah, I think it's wonderful. I love, uh, I, I always welcome a chance to rewatch it. It never, I never get bored of it. What about you, Mark? Have you seen it? I saw it for the first time, maybe like just a couple years ago. And then like, it's one of those things when you go in, when you look at the cover even of what it is, like Fosse, all that, it's called all that jazz. You're like, oh, it's going to be like fun, like a fun <laughs> romp. You know what I mean? So then nope. when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is not that. But then the second time watching it going in, it did seem more fun than what I remembered. Because like the numbers <laughs> are very fun. And I do think it's, it is like, oh, what if like God himself had to confront death? It's kind of like a God figure confronting death. Like he is God. Like even the movie itself, he's still wonderful by any means. Like everyone still loves him. He's never taken to task at any moment. Or I guess Fosse never takes himself to task too much besides admitting, yeah, I'm a womanizer and a drug user. And uh, Well, uh, the thing, I mean, like I, I never met Bob Fosse, but I did, I have worked with a lot of dancers and performers who had worked with them. And 
they all say like he just had a charisma for days. They're like as horrible as he was, he could be to people. You just wanted him to love you. You would do anything that he asked you to do. And he was just someone who just, I think the world let him get away with it because he part of it because he was so successful. But I think he's such a brilliant director too and choreographer that I think performers were like, okay, he you know like he may treat me like shit, but this will be some of the best work of my career. Or you know what I mean. And so I think that's. I mean, you know, and performers are not necessarily really good at setting up for themselves or. Uh... <laughs> well, so I watched I actually had the DVD of this, so I watched it on that. And one of the special features is to talk um, was they interviewed people both from the movie and like who worked with Fosse as like a retrospective. Mm-hmm. And they all were like, he's a genius that you, they were, they were talking about his choreography and how every movement was very intentional. And there was like yeah. a story behind it. So like, he is truly an art capital a artist. And yeah. I think they depict, he gets that point across in this movie <laughs> <laughs> in yes. a, in a yes. little masturbatory way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it is always that tough thing in any like movie or, or you know, work of fiction where like uh, like a, a song or a dance number or a thing is supposed to be like amazing. And so like you see it and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. And sometimes you're just like, I guess it's OK. My one quibble, yeah. though, <laughs> I wish the musical he, they were working on wasn't like airline related. It's I like it's like yeah. we're flight attendants. <laughs> like what? There's no like romance to being a flight. Like I get Chicago, yeah, ladies in prison. There's inherent story there, but when you realize they're doing like we're flight attendants, like what? Who cares? Like I don't care. Well, There's no like inherent romance to like being a flight. Like well, I don't whole... think it's. But I love the song and the dancing and everything. I just wish the lyrics weren't about we got to catch our flight on time. You know, like <laughs> it just seems like stupid or silly. I think within the world of the musical, the musical that they're doing, I, they don't really say it in the movie, but it's called New York, L.A. So clearly it's him being like, uh, can't be called Chicago. We could call it L.A. or we yeah. could call it both. Yeah. But I think it's just meant to be like most a lot of musicals have like a number that's just like, here's just a pure fun dance number, like a a nice escape from the story to just sort of have, you know, a lot of fun. And I think that's what that number is. It's just like a charming number. It's not meant right, to right. Like, I just tell wish the story. It, the lyrics weren't about catching a flight on time. It just that well, part like takes me. It just seems mm-hmm. like silly. It doesn't like match the dance and the drama of everything else. It just well, felt like, it, oh, this is like fluffy. It's, I think it's just meant to be like a commercial for the airline. It's not about catching a flight on time. No I one's th- like, we're running late. I think it's supposed to be like the song, All That Jazz in Chicago, where like it sets up the mood of the show, but it, I don't think it's like all about that. Right. Because God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I know that there's like a, a ton of flops from the 70s that He's probably even worked that Fosse probably worked on that. You're like, why am I doing this? What I don't understand the <laughs> why lyrics. Why is this a musical? Why? Yeah. Uh, but like when they when they first when the the little composer um, that's supposed to be Stephen Schwartz, by the way, because Pip, mm. Fosse hated Pip like the work on Pippin that they did, or like they butt heads or something. Uh, when he's saying "Take off with us," I was like. Is this supposed to be good? Is this, a, <laughs> is this good? Is this bad? This is bad, right? This is. I is think it? it's supposed to be, and that's what the character is frustrated with. And he's like, in order to make this number work, I have to turn it into an orgy. Erotica, yes, it worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which was interesting because like 
in erotica you have it's very queer and so yeah. i it, it made me think of like oh how would you guys rate that on your podcast the <laughs> the queerness of this the gayness the gay of... characters yeah i mean it's 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 like 50 50 i would say it's clearly a straight man doing this right the lady's the only one who sure. like goes full rated r well, because um, they take their tops off, or their, yeah, they take their, their top off. Their 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 bra. Remove a dance belt or an odd looking mm-hmm. thong, a thick in the front thong. Those are dance belts. That's a a dance reverse belt. a reverse mullet technique. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was. I was watching it, just like, oh, okay, but like, it had all of the Fosse isms that mm-hmm. we. No, and Mark, I remember last time you were on when we did Liza with the Z, you were you didn't know the Fosseisms. Did you like understand them now with this? I'm starting to get it. Yes, <laughs> the more I see, you know, just because I haven't been exposed, you know, what I mean, I've pretty much only seen Chicago and Cabaret, so now I'm like getting the picture. Yeah, I think it's the dancing. Like this is, I love the dancing more than like the music. You know what I mean? Like than the singing and stuff. Like mm-hmm. the dancing yes. is incredible. Also, he shoots it so well, and I had. My knowledge of Anne Ranking was very limited, but like, oh, she's incredible. Like, this is what, (laughs) when you see like, oh, this is what dancing should, like, this is the ideal of dancing, you know? (laughs) Right. When people are doing like 50% of it, you know what I mean? You're just like, oh, this, she is like a genius or just a natural, just incredible. Like just the number with her and like the little girl with a good shot. I love how he shoots it like low and like angled up. So you just see like their bodies, like the whole, all the lines and just, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has the choreographer thing of like, let's see the picture. Like, let's not just, although he was an expert at just sort of like, let's go in on hand or let's just go on on a, on a face or a thing like that. But he really knows how to like, let the dance speak for itself. It was it like, it was interesting because like, I thought this was going to be, more musical than what it what we got because i didn't know anything about this and then when we got get to the hallucination at the end i was just like there's all these songs that i found on like a list somewhere (laughs) when are we getting to them and then we get to them and it's it is gorgeous what they do yeah like like the the three women uh leland palmer and ranking and I'm gonna fuck up this girl's name. Erzabet <laughs> uh, uh, Foldy. I think that's right. Um Erzabet. Erzabet, yeah. yes. They are they like were fantastic. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously and and ranking uh ranking? Ranking. Ooh, ooh. I don't know how to her. um ranking? she she is like his muse. She's worked with Fosse, so she gets it. Yeah. But the girl I was very impressed by because like I feel like Fosse's style takes time for people to understand and mm-hmm. get it get it just <laughs> right. And I believe also Fosse as a filmmaker is one that would like it's kind of like Gene Kelly in a way where like if somebody messes up he you have to cut and start over. Uh not like you know oh we'll fix it in editing or something like that it was uh, i think so but bafasi was also known for like rehearsing numbers to death like just Ugh. constantly rehearsing and constantly rehearsing and i think especially when it comes to like filming stuff it really helps when you actually are filming it because you have done it so much as a you know like the dancers have done it so much that they're like 
they don't have to think about it as much. You know what I mean? Like once you once mm. you're so drilled, once it's so drilled into your body, you're free to focus on other things and not have to spend your half of your brain time going like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah, I mean, and th- that's the, and you can see that kind of as well in that scene where um, they're working through take off with us, and he's just like, I don't get it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not understanding it. And you like look at all the dancers and. They're all like looking at him, be like, "Daddy, what's next? What what yeah. did we do right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need approval. We do good. <laughs> we do good." <laughs> but like, also Leland Palmer, who was in Pippin, like, yeah. that's that's that scene where she's rehearsing, um, and then he comes in to talk to her. So she's dancing, and they're having a full blown conversation. Is just masterful, <laughs> and I feel like that was probably like really difficult for her because she's trying to keep in rhythm and everything while having a regular conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they staged that because it doesn't feel staged. No. It, and like you have somebody also in the background playing the piano, keeping in time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so many little elements, but it's, and like the conversation that they're having is like, it seems like it's an argument they've had before. <laughs> right. Because she's like, you always say this and then you figure it out and it works and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely has a type. He's like, oh, he really likes big eyed, skinny brunettes. Because when like he had that <laughs> yeah. girl, the first like dancer come over to like hook up and then his girlfriend comes over. When the first dancer came to his apartment, I thought that was Anne Rinke. Rinke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it took, until like she showed up with the dog. And I was like, oh, that's the girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> so it took me a second. It also took me a while to realize that Leland Palmer was his ex-wife. For whatever reason, yeah. I thought it was Jessica Lang. And then I was talking with a friend about it and he's like, yeah, it's really interesting to have death be a woman in a, in a, like a bridal dress. I was like, an angel, angel of I'm, death. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, and then, and then you kind of see that where she's trying to kiss him, the kiss of death and everything. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't want it. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, this movie is this movie's great. I don't know. I just don't also don't understand why it's called all that jazz. Um they don't really What's make the reference... context in the lyric. How does it how does the in the song, how does it you and all that jazz? What's the stuff before all that jazz? It's that's the opening number of Chicago. And yeah, but the actual lyrics leading up to it. Um so um, start it's... the car, I know it will be spot. It's kind of to, it, the the point of all that jazz from what my understanding of it is to like just like lay the groundwork for you to understand we are in the 20s jazz is also kind of like an enemy in a way um it's a little history but like also it's a, it feels like in Chicago they're celebrating the jazz culture and prohibition and all that so I kind of took it to mean, uh, or go ahead, John. Oh, I was going to say, to me, it feels kind of like empty showbiz, sort of like Razzle Dazzle, which is, I know, another song from Chicago. It's just sort of like, yeah, this, that, and all that jazz. And like Bob Fosse, sort of, a lot, uh... you know, like a lot, like it's just like, oh, it's just show business, hokum, and entertainment. Like it's just meant to be that. Like it's, that to me is what I feel like it evokes. I also I mean, don't yeah. know. If, I was also I was, thinking, like, maybe it's <laughs> being like, 
this is what happened during Chicago, everyone. <laughs> Here's the real. You want to know all yeah, yeah. that jazz? Here's all that jazz. Here's I was jazz. doing a lot of drugs and mistreating women. <laughs> this is That's really all that jazz. <laughs> Still want to tap your toes? <laughs> but maybe you will and think a little. Um, I was just like, they don't mention all that jazz at all. Like, even as a, a throwaway line in this movie. And you would think, like, the movie title has something to do with the actual movie most of the time that's what happened right? i think it's kind of also because he always they do that runner of him like getting ready for the day taking the the dense dexedrine and then he goes it's showtime you know what i mean it's like we're taking you behind what you think is like a glamorous fun thing but here's actually the the sad reality behind it the darren aronofsky of it all yes Indeed. absolutely i had just Broadway. read uh, misery last week and it really reminded me of all that jazz just in okay. terms of an artist like taking you inside their process because like a lot of misery is Stephen King writing about the writing process itself like him like fall he yeah. describes like falling into a hole in the paper when you get like in a zone of writing and I like using the form that you excel in to kind of do an autobiography of sorts or let you inside the process of sorts. And I thought that really reminded me of all that jazz too. And also like Sunday in the park with George is like of a thing, the similar in that way. And I really think all that jazz, I love when artists are able to use their, the form they excel in to kind of autobiography. And I think that's really mm -hmm. exciting when that happens. And like also it's it this is like an autobiography but a fiction as well because he changes all the names of everything and right. <laughs> dies at the end but also only he could have told this story you know like who else could have right, told yeah. this like who else should tell the story no one but him yeah and also maybe probably a death wish in some sort you know what i mean like it's he i can't mm -hmm. imagine him retiring <laughs> you know right. like it's like the he's gonna burn out or fade away it, it, like he's he's yeah he, he it's either He's gonna burn out or just die. Like there is no yeah. in between. There <laughs> is no happy ending. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it what's what another thing that was interesting about this is when he goes in for heart surgery and he Fosse cuts that with uh the producers or whomever yeah. the the suits of the of this show talking about budget, and I was yeah. like, this is also him like commenting on the behind the scenes of like stuff that nobody really thinks about, but we should, you know, where it's like, if he dies, you make a profit. So congrats. Let's right. wait for that. Well, the, the real life producers of Chicago sort of argue that that never happened, that that is sort of like a, uh, a cynical fantasy of his that they were like, cause they were, it's the scene where the producers of the musical that he was producing are meeting with the insurance people and they're saying like, oh, if he dies and you don't resume the show, you get a million dollars. Like that's your buyout and you've spent $400,000. So you could make a really nice profit off the show and you never even open if, if, if he dies. If he dies before this certain date. And yeah. I was like, that's, but like, that's, a, that I feel like that's anything with business, not just necessarily show business where it's like, right. Like, you know, you may be going through this major, major, thing in your life but like and the, right. the company so you work for doesn't care like they only care <laughs> about dollar signs or even 
not to be that horrible about it, like they do have to like figure out what to do. Like they do have to be like, okay, what can we, if this happens, what do we do next? And Especially degree, when it's such like this creative dynamo is the one driving the horse. You know what I mean? It's not like it's right. like, oh, well, we have this person and this person. And like, you know, the, the lyricist is amazing. Too. You know what I mean? Someone could pick up the slack. Like, I don't feel like this is, this is his thing. He is the eye of the tornado. And it's all, mm -hmm. you know, circling around him. So if he goes, they're screwed. But you do have John Lithgow circling like right. a shark. I was <laughs> I was surprised that it was just like a, I guess maybe this did happen during Chicago as well, where like a producer gave the script to another director to like, just look, quote, look at it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that they all deny happened. But I think yeah. Bob Fosse, in his sort of paranoia thought, they're talking to Michael Bennett. They're talking to all the, they're talking to Hal Prince or seeing who else might take over the show for me. Which I do think probably rings true. Like if you are that person, you know what I mean? You are going to have like, even Bob Fosse maybe had some imposter syndrome, of you course. know, in terms of, which is like, <laughs> I think is great about it. Like, I don't watch all that jazz thinking like, oh, this is, this is documentary. This is like uh, exactly how mm -hmm. it went down. I think this is one man's interpretation of how it felt to be in that time. It's his yeah. diary. We're watching yeah. his diary basically mm -hmm. of this time period. Yeah. Because, like, I, I feel like, realistically, the producer may have been like, okay, well, because you're in the hospital and because you're almost dying, maybe we should look for another person to replace you. I mean, it's not irresponsible of them to do that. Cause <laughs> right. Like, there are other people, like... Like in that scene where they announced these like other people like there goes my apartment I gave up another yeah. like other people's livelihoods are also attached to this project, and it makes sense that you kind of have to be like okay well what is Plan B even if not saying we're we're making that choice but right. you have to start thinking about it it's only fair because again all these other people are also involved yeah because without he's kind of saying like it's show business it's a business yes. it's <laughs> yes we're we're that people are playing pretend and they're wearing wacky costumes and they're doing erotica <laughs> and all that but like profits we're all for it, it sorry everyone to ruin show business for <laughs> you what? i know <laughs> but like i mean the, it, we're I'm, getting back to the future of the musical because of the artistic integrity <laughs> not because they think it's just oh a cheap passion for tourists <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shows are running for 20 plus years on broadway for the for the arts yes, yes you're that, right. these shows have something to say about the current <laughs> our lives what if i did go back to the future oh my god but it's well done but there's also some parts that i was just like i don't understand the narrative that's happening because it seems a little too choppy at points and mm. i'm not sure i mean i only watched this once so i can't well, there's no real, like, it's what? not actually, like, there's not much of a plot. It's more just, like... This is what just, happens. Uh, yeah, it feels almost like a tone poem of sorts, in a way. Right. It's almost like a, a wind... It's like a... I don't know. It feels just like a musical delusion, hallucination. Bit of a fever a, dream, yeah. A fever dream. But I I like... That's why I like it, though. Because it does, like, just put you in this guy's head. Like, I probably did feel, like, choppy and weird. When you're doing, like, this much drugs and, like, keyed up all that, you probably don't have a great sense of uh, time. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but also, I think the editing in this movie is incredible, especially the opening. I love when they repeat in the on-Broadway with, like, the reaching hands, how it just, like, you just get that yes. quick repetition yeah. of, like, hands going up. It's so cool. The, the It was... It, I mean, it reminded... I think it was... Well, this is before the chorus line movie, but like I got that. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, I, it, it, it was the same 
in a way. And I hope it's the exact I, same premise. It's a bunch of dancers auditioning for a Broadway musical. Yeah. And it, do they not do catacalls like that anymore? I don't think so. Because I, mean, I watched a bonus feature and they were talking about it, it was like one of the guys like, yeah, that's how it was. And I was like, I guess do they not do that style anymore? Because it does seem awfully brutal. I, I think I think they do, but I don't think they do them in theaters anymore. Like I think that oh. I think that used to be a thing where they would do it in a Broadway theater. I think now they're done in studios. And well, I, think I don't there probably are. I don't know if they went back to doing catacalls because of COVID. It was all oh, self tapes. Maybe that changed it. Uh, but because I know a lot of people who had to, who were self taping and they had to like figure out, you know, how to edit and how to, <laughs> how to dance use a right. light and yeah. yeah. <laughs> So there was a lot of that, but then I think how do you self tape like when you're dancing all just like how far back is the camera? You know, I guess I'll go in my parking to... the parking lot of my apartment complex. And... You you now have to be a camera per, a camera operator, yeah. an, editor, an editor, a sound tech, you know, you have Steady to be a designer, right? <laughs> yeah. Just to audition for, you know that no one's gonna watch. Yeah. The Lion King or something. Yeah. <laughs> For that shit, when I just have a puppet on my head, <laughs> can anybody do that? But yeah, it was, it, and like the on Broadway. Although I do kind of feel like picking that song was a little too on the nose, like of what was happening. <laughs> I but liked it. I think it's great. I also just like that it was a montage of the cattle call, and like there was, I think it was like towards the end of the song we finally heard like the first few lines of the movie but like you know people were singing and people and he is telling people like you you're moving on to the next round or i'm sorry you're cut but like we the audience don't hear that and right. that, let them down easy which i appreciate like he would he would he didn't take like glee and cutting people and that's he what fossey did, did. Which i appreciate yeah because it was uh i can't remember who it was uh in this in that little special features docu uh like uh, interview section that I was talking about, but like one of the, I think I think it was Rob Marshall was just like he would go to people directly and let them know, you know, oh you're cut, and he was like I can't do that, like I'm too much of a yeah. <laughs> but I also, mean, I want to say Roy Scheider is great in this. He's like so I just watched him in Sorcerer, William Friedkin movie, and then also Jaws, three totally different people. Totally different characters. Yeah. yeah. But he nails it every time. I believe him as this. Even though I don't think he could probably sing or dance, especially in the end, they just kind of have him standing. But fantastic in this. He kind of doesn't really sing Bye Bye Life, but like he does. Right. And it's okay. I, it's okay. Yeah. He gets yeah. the job I'm, done. He, he was kind there. of a last minute uh, replacement. It was supposed to be Richard Dreyfus, And then he pulled out. Oh, uh, this is so early much better, I think. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine? Yeah, he. I feel like also like I saw pictures of like from still like from behind the scenes of this, and you see Fosse and you see Roy Scheider next to each other, and you're like, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. get it. It's clear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he did a great job, and also like I'm not sure how we're supposed to feel about uh, uh, Joe Gideon as a character. Like, are we supposed to sympathize with him? Are we supposed to like? Because there's probably a mix of things. I don't think there's one like correct, like only good or bad. It's like he's a complicated, godlike figure who's being brought down to earth and probably having it takes him a long time to accept that he's dying. Because it was, Mm because there's moments where I really did not like him, especially when, uh, 
and ranking like points out the double standard of like so you can date people but i can't Mm -hmm. huh but then also like the ending the the hallucination with the the three the the three women in his Mm -hmm. life coming forward and i'm not sure if they're singing their truths or if they're singing like what he thinks they are thinking uh but like that part and then as well as when the director version of gideon is talking to gideon in the bed and he's like this isn't your line you're or you're supposed to have a line here and he has a tube in his mouth like those brilliant brilliant (laughs) (laughs) and messy and and like it just shows you how humanity or like humans are not perfect even though people (laughs) put them on the pedestal Mm -hmm. that they are perfect because like even that even that scene where he leaves the rehearsal room to go talk to uh leland palmer he's like he's clearly questioning himself but like this is the part that like dancers don't see or like the cast members don't really see is like the the struggle of like I don't know what to do (laughs) or (laughs) did I choose the right project to do? I feel like part of him, like I got the sense like, Oh, he wants to be better, like treat women in his life better. He wants to do better, but he's just weak when it comes to that. I think he's just like a man of like, he has compulsions and like he has addictions and he can't, it's tough to beat those. Especially when you're constantly fed, there's no reason for him not to give in. He's never like faces any repercussions. So why wouldn't he continue to do what he's doing, (laughs) even though he knows it's wrong and ultimately very unhealthy for him? He can't help himself. He probably has what a lot of uh, entertainment folk have or had at this time period, which is like, like, especially when it comes to his daughter, where he wants to be there for her, but he also likes working and he wants to work because you never know when the next job is. Right. Right. I love the scene with the two of them where they're going through a routine together and like that's how they connect and it's so mm-hmm. sweet and like well done apparently that was the first thing that roy scheider filmed shot wow yeah so he came on set and he's like <laughs> i gotta now dance <laughs> okay <laughs> like and it and the um in that uh special features moment the erotica soloist the main singer who was in pippin i think as well like she also was like got a call and had to fly in and learn all of that like on the spot so filmmaking wild yeah, filmmaking <laughs> do you think the comedian in this movie he's making is funny because i don't think he said one funny thing the comedian that he's making the movie of oh the the lenny bruce thing yeah like I think they're losing their shit in the movie, like over this. Oh, that's the, part, that's the part where I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah, is this funny? He's just kind of like ranting. I think, <laughs> I think it's just supposed to serve as a foreshadowing for the. I mean, I hospital. get the five yeah. stages of death. I get why it's there, but I wish he just had like some jokes. I think it also might feel more like, oh, this felt like cutting edge comedy in the seventies, right? Of like, oh, you're talking about like conversational as opposed you know. to like. Well, more he, set like more traditional like set up punchline stuff. So I think that's kind of what it is. It's more like of its time. Doesn't he even question whether it's funny or not? Oh yeah, I mean he he hates the whole time the whole time he's editing it. He just hates it. Because like there's that one girl that's there that 
um, I think is supposed to like be a, like a, a fan of his or something, or like starstruck, mm. and she's laughing a little too loudly. Yeah, and everything. a little too eager. So, and he dismisses her right off the bat. Be like, I didn't, I don't care what you think, because <laughs> you're going to just agree <laughs> with me with anything. Fosse had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> if you like. That's for sure. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I also liked in the cattle call. I was like, "Oh, look, you can have like dancers with receding hairlines." I feel like right. would this ever happen now with like people who like look like they're in their like thirties, perhaps, or just look like normal people with obviously amazing bodies, but like, head, like neck up, faces, right? Yeah, like oh wow, they have like thinning hairline, and they're like, it's not an issue. But I feel like now everyone has to be like a god in like a Broadway show, like the dancers. Well, I think also now, I mean, back then they didn't have Propecia or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is that people are taking. So it's like there were just more options. There but isn't that okay now. to have a receding hairline? That's what I think I'm it saying. is okay, like, but I think a lot okay? of, but I think if you're someone who are in like wants to be a court, you know, like a lot of show business people like get their teeth white and make sure their hair looks great. Make sure their body looks great. Like that's part of what, it, especially for dancers, because so much of it is about the visual and how you look and how you present. So I think it is, it is yes, partially like movies. We nowadays we don't allow anyone who has any sort of characteriness about them to be in front of a camera. But I also think like back then people had less options to, to do that themselves. But I also don't think it's a flaw to have a as someone who has a receding hairline like it's nothing i feel the need to fix so i'm mm. like and i find people with like who are bald receding hairline hot all the time you know what i mean so to see to protect like oh this is something you could fix now i'm like no 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 you shouldn't have to fix it right it's also also like more established and older if you're like younger more insecure and want a certain kind of want to be a certain kind of performer it makes sense even though i agree like you shouldn't have to you shouldn't feel the pressure or need to but it makes sense that more people now would do that or make those choices. I feel like in the seventies, it there wasn't like a higher standard for people because, like right. nowadays, because then like we all went through like the the um, anorexic model era, yes, sure, <laughs> where that. But like, I mean, I'm thinking of like images of like this this from the seventies and like. They yes, models were thin and all that, but like they still looked like people. Like they, right? <laughs> they didn't have like a high glam makeup or anything like that. But so I think like the receding hairline people still got work. They may not play teenagers, <laughs> nor should they. Nor should they, Starker Channing. But uh, her hair was not thinning. Hairline. Yeah. No, that's all a wig. We know it. Stalker thinning. But like, yeah, there's also like a wig option that they could do because, like, who, who, especially for like ensemble, who knows how many roles they're playing in the show? Like, right. they may need, they may need like a wig in one scene, and then they wear seven thousand hats the rest of the show. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, it looks like though that they were also just casting even though he fought for the one person that nobody wanted yeah <laughs> well he wanted to sleep with her only well, wanted the fucker yeah and <laughs> it's what's interesting too is like during that process there's two women who are cut and they're and they're leaving the theater and they're like <laughs> i never get cast in his shows and then the other one's like i i fucked him and i still don't get cast in his shows and you're like oh okay so we're also it's weird that like he's i i don't know if he meant to make a comment about like the casting couch but he did 
I mean, like so he I notoriously that's... had sex with every female dancer he hired. That's his experience. I think that is his experience for sure. Yeah. And I don't. Who am I to say he's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean... I like appreciate that it is like uh, warts and all autobiography, which seems so like rare in these days for someone to say like, "Here's like, let me show you all the like shit I do, and it's gross, and you're not gonna like me, but in the end, you're still gonna love me. You know, you might not like me, yeah. but you're gonna love me. But like, look at my art. You know, yeah, right. It's almost like it, he's daring us to hate him. I dare you. That and as well as like the real Elon Musk, <laughs> as well as like leaving, you know, this is my stamp that I'm leaving behind. I'm leaving this, th- these musicals, the this style that people like. I don't know if he even thought about this, but like this, his style of dance became its own category. Right. Um, so. It's like I may be a despicable human being, but like, look at what I created, haha. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's interesting how open it is. It's not. It. it I don't even want to call it an open secret that he is a womanizer because it's not even a secret. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> everyone comments on it in this movie. I imagine it was well known at the time when he was, you know, in his heyday, but. I yeah, mean, like, I mean, I think in the industry it was known. I don't know if like people who just went to theater would be like, you know, he sleep he slept with all of those women up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, it would like be his a... number more. <laughs> I think oh it... my god! Oh, I think I'm leaning sh- in. <laughs> I think it'd be a shock if people were like, you know, he slept with Ben Vereen. Like, oh my! God. I don't know if oh. that would be that shocking. Like, yeah, sure. Who wouldn't? You know. I mean, <laughs> I I, I agree maybe, with you, but yeah. I feel like also at the top, like at the at. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I don't think it would be shocking because, like, it seems like he's just a sexual creature, you know? Well, also, it's like, after you have sex with a thousand women, eh, let's let a dick in there. Why not? Why not? Let's spice it up a little. I like how we're assuming After you've had a million cashews, you're going to want an almond now. (laughs) (laughs) I like how we're assuming he's the bottom. Anyway. uh, It's, yeah. Um, What did we, what did you guys think about the, the ending, though, where they took the Everly Brothers Bye Bye Love and <laughs> I love that it. number especially someone He's I'm right. not super familiar with like I know of Ben Breen but I don't know if I've seen a million of his performances so this is such yeah. a great picture a like, snapshot of Ben Vereen seemingly at his prime I would think I don't know but like I love like the the stage of the the mirror like fabric the and stuff fabric, and then I love yeah. that all his like everyone in the movie is in the audience like oh there's the doctor and like there's like mm-hmm. you know and I think that song is fantastic I love that it just it feels like how a lot of songs on like the last song on an album is like kind of the rave up and it kind of go, turns into a jam a lot of times and it like yeah. it's like the long the big grand finale and it really does function like that and i think it's so the, ben vereen is incredible in this yeah he's amazing there initially the the script had and and there was more after that where it was he had died and you got to see the show la new york open on broadway and that john lithgow's character directed it and it was a huge hit but they so i guess it was another big production number put your table that. trays up <laughs> don't recline those seats <laughs> 
but they were like, I don't think we need to film. They ran out of money. They were the, like, the, I, think, I think this is over. I think we're done. The, the luggage handler kick line. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming out. It felt like a very 70s and like when it's like the zipping up the body bag and like cutting to black and then Ethel Merman. Mm-hmm. There's no like this, like this felt very 70s to me of like, we're going to be bleak and in your face. And that's reality, man. <laughs> so it just kind of felt like it. But I love that it just ended. I Yeah. Because like. I was like, I had tears welling up during Bye Bye Life, which is weird because it's such an upper moment. And like, but like, you have to, you're like, There's oh so much shit, I'm watching, happening. I'm watching somebody die. Yes. Yeah. Because like, it's great that we see him as like the show person, you know? Yeah. It's acceptance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're right. But Although like, I did look up, like, wait, aren't there seven stages of grief? Because they haven't updated since this movie. They've oh, added gotcha. guilt and the um, uh, the turn. I think like the moving through. There's another like turn stage, and also okay. these stages don't necessarily happen in order in right, real right. life. Like you kind of like jump around or you'll repeat one. Uh, Anyways, that's my hot yeah. take. My mom uh, studied uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. So I, I picked up a lot. <laughs> I a lot feel like just hanging around the house. Yeah, we did have her books. Uh, but I was I was th- also thinking about this that like the way that the way that the hallucinated songs happen, um, because all because like the take off with us is justified as like a rehearsal. Everything old is new again, and I think it's just them. Like having yeah, fun and playing around before the that's the, and then the it all end. like the lines between real and unreal start to like blur. A but little. like I think that's when cool. when the unreal moments happen, I feel like it's also it's like similar to Chicago in a way, or like musical musical theater of that. Of I think it's like most like time the musical Follies, where like oh. it, it, it Follies sort of ends with uh, all the all the main characters having a like it does become very surreal and they all have a big turn and they each have like their own number and it all sort of breaks down and culminates in that. So in that way, the structure wise, it is very similar to Follies. Well, I was going more with like how the song is like upbeat and, and, and like kind of farcical in a way, but like, if you really like listen to it and understand what's going on and, um, you know, like right, look at it the whole which... picture yeah you're like oh this shit is so dark <laughs> like a flaming lip song yeah it sounds really upbeat exactly. but you listen to those lyrics oh they're talking about death <laughs> one thing during the erotica number that really struck me is like this is a very funny broadway thing is when they start going i'm jeremy i'm gary i'm yeah. linda i'm like yeah. come on get out of here what the are other, you doing the other thing too Shut is up. when like the light box come out and they're all like lit from underneath <laughs> that, that was, was very like... funny Okay. Well, are we supposed to be intimidated by dancers? Because I'm not. <laughs> like, why are you staring at me? Get out of here. But also, like, Fosse go back was the to first, one. Was like the first person to do that. Like, he did that in Pippin. So, like, all these things now feel very cliche, but he originated a lot of them. Of yeah. people saying their names? Yes. He, he was the first person to have to explain to people how to introduce themselves. No one knew I'm how scary. to introduce themselves. Until wow. Fosse. Well, we owe him a lot. Otherwise, <laughs> small talk would be a nightmare without Bob Fosse. <laughs> I just wonder what the rest of the show is. If this is, I mean, I'm telling we, you, it's all about airline stewards. Do we stuff. think this is the opening number of the show that he's? No, working on? you can't start no. with this. No, this is too horny. 
I don't know. I think if you start like yeah. the like in the the airport itself. No, they know, do like, a read through. They talk their people talking at the very beginning when they do the read through that scene. Oh, which I think is also I love that scene. What what he does with sound of like everyone because like yeah he yes. thinks the show is terrible and all these people are like over exaggerating their, their laughter and losing their shit over these really stupid yeah, dumb yeah, jokes. Yeah, I like that. And part. then him and his and him and Leland Palmer are like she's the only one who in the room who's like I know what you're thinking. And you know, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. You know, like, and they, like, she, they, they catch eyes every time that happens. It's kind of like people who were in flops, they have to know it's bad. Like, they have, like, sometimes you do, sometimes you do. Sometimes don't. I feel like maybe it's like a bit of like, oh, it felt like we're just at summer camp. Like, I'm having fun with my friends and we're yeah. having a good time, just like putting on a show. Yeah. But they're not watching just the show. They don't know. They don't have the sensation of being friends and, like, you know, all right. the struggles you've gone through to get to that point. And there's also just times this where you're like, I don't know, maybe. Like, I've definitely <laughs> been involved with projects where I'm like, part of me is telling me this isn't good, but part of me is also going. And I think also, like, when you're working on something, like, you have to kind of trick yourself into thinking it's good. Right. Or like, it's for the best for you to be like, no, 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 I want to work hard because if you really don't like it, it's just miserable for yourself. And then, you are probably miserable to be in the room, but I think there are times where you're just like, yeah, I think like you want it to be a hit. You want it. you like, everyone wants their, the thing that they're working on to be successful. And you never then know. Cause I've been on the other side where like, we're working on like sketch shows and like, there's one sketch where like, we don't know about this one. Should we cut this? I don't know. And then it goes and it crushes. Like the audience yeah. loves it. So like, there's no, right. Yeah, there's nobody there's no knows way anything. To... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cause then, cause then also like, if you're questioning it, you're just like, I mean, at least I have a job right now. That's really yeah. right. Yeah, I'm getting paid. I don't care. I don't care. I will be. I'll be tree number seven. While... And if you're just the dancer, it's not your job to determine exactly. whether the show goes or not. That's like the producer or whoever. You know, that's not your responsibility. Yeah. Whether to worry about should we be doing this? Like that's not your decision to make. Well, but like that. But like to go back to the movie, like Leland Palmer, at least is just like I know it's shit, but like it's a job. Like. We're we're working. Right. We're all here. You know, yeah. got it. There's got gonna it. be a strike in twenty five years. So let's yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to the future is coming. This will seem like a rare gem <laughs> in comparison. They're gonna revive Chicago. It's gonna run for twenty five years on Broadway. It's gonna be fine. And there'll be a real housewife in it. You don't know what that is, but you're gonna hate it. <laughs> and a, and a drag queen is gonna play a character and everyone's gonna love it. <laughs> I don't know where else to go. Would you guys have anything else though you want to talk about before we get into strapping flat? I don't know. I think it's just like a brilliant. I I liked it more the second time I watched. I watched. I liked it even more now that I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think when you don't yeah. know what it is, if you go in expecting a Chicago, this is not that. This is more like the darker sides of cabaret. Like I am curious to yeah. watch. Is do I want to see Lenny? Ugh. I I am more mm, curious about not. Star Eighty. Star 80, I watched it, uh, I rewatched it a, Notorious a few years flop, ago. I think. It's really dark and real. Like, it's all of the ugliness of, of all of his stuff. It, no, but it's not even, yes, the story is dark. But all of the ugliness of this is, like, amped up. Like, Bob Fosse did have a very dark, cynical side, which people, you know, like, who worked with him or if you watch his work over the years. Like, his first few shows that he, like, choreographed were, like, Pajama Game and Damn Yankees and these really, like, fun, frothy things. And he just got more interested in the darker, darker stuff. And even with Chicago producers are always like this is too cynical like you you have to like bring some lightness into it and i think he was someone who was always more attracted to what was dark and i think with star 80 all of those impulses went out and it just Mm -hmm. is 
it's yes, it's an unpleasant story anyway, but it is also unpleasant to watch in ways that you're like, I didn't it didn't need to feel this because at least in all that jazz you do. Yeah, there is darkness, but there's also so much amazing music and dance and like, right. And there's also like like the daughter know, joy is like this yeah. sweet, wonderful character. Like there's, there's, there's love too. there's yeah. like almost no one redeemable in Star 80. What Except about the, Liza the, Minnelli in one of the bonus features doesn't count. She's like, sweet charity, that wasn't Bob. He didn't find himself until Cabaret. Like, she doesn't. She counts Cabaret <laughs> as the first real Bob Fosse movie. Well, that I mean, sweet charity was his first movie. And I think Cabaret was his second. I think I mean, sweet charity. If you watch it, I again, I watched it a few years ago recently, and it's like, oh, he's figuring it out. Like also, yeah. <laughs> there's like. It's that thing of like, you know how like when you first start using something like iMovie or something like that, and you're like, I'm going to use every different like sure. uh, filter, every different yes. sort of Star wipe. Thing, every yeah. single wipe you can. <laughs> it's That's what Sweet Charity is. It's him being like, and now we do this bit. And it's like every single thing he tries it. And so it sort of feels like, oh, you're just using everything. He hasn't else. really found his voice I think it's yet. true. Like he hasn't found, he hadn't found his voice yet. Yeah. But there are still delights in like Sweet Charity. If you just watch selected numbers are incredible. But overall as a movie, you're like, this is kind of rough. But then you like watch two and a half hours. So I don't think it's two and a half, but it's a little over two. Sweet charities, two hour, two and a half hours. Oh, it is two and a half hours. Oh, hour forty nine. Right. But it also has, I think, an intermission in it. Okay. Um, but but like also with that one, the the dancing is just amazing. The choreography. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah, I mean, like go just go just watch like Big Spender, The Frug. Um, the number with Sammy Davis Jr., A Rhythm of Life, and there's got to be something better than this. Watch those, and you're great. But like, uh, uh, but this one though, I feel like this is him understanding everything. Like he learned from Sweet Charity and yep. yeah. and and um, and Cabaret, as well as Liza, Liza with a Z, where we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, he figured out camera angles, and he was he's now understanding how to film choreography and, and just how he envisions it and i feel like directors these days are still not grasping that concept right well, most directors of, also don't have like a dance background so they don't they don't yeah they don't follow the like there's no like mm-hmm. talk with the choreographer to be like okay what are we thinking is like a mm-hmm. uh, when are we cutting what are we wide close up you know mm-hmm. That's why you got to give it up for Spielberg and his West Side Story. I did think he shot the dance numbers impeccably. I thought they looked great. Uh, for yeah, especially for somebody who has no dance background, right. <laughs> but he's got camera movement and yes. walking. Like he's a he's a master. <laughs> Everything of walking, else, he's so. top shelf. <laughs> so I think he works with a great choreographer. He'll figure it out. But then you got your Rob Marshalls, who like seemingly indifferent to choreography. Well, I mean, Rob Marshall's of the same school especially when it came to Chicago where he's like, I'm going to, I'm Have framing the pictures. shot. Yeah. I think what also happens when I, I was listening to some choreographer talk on some uh, bonus feature or something about how, if you look at like the old MGM music movie music and stuff like that, there are more of those bigger, wider shots, but they say they also had a lot more time to rehearse the numbers. He said a lot of times today when you're watching movie musicals, they're editing around mistakes like because they only had a week to put this number together and they only have like two days to film it, there's always going to be one dancer who's off that one time or that one thing that is messed up. And so you have to edit around that so you don't have the luxury of like, oh, we've got a couple really good wide angle takes that we can use and just luxuriate in that. 
I think you also have more cameras now. Like you have like five cameras on a dance number where they used to only have like maybe one or two. So now they probably have so much footage. Like, well, we got to use it all. We might as well keep cutting, you know, <laughs> people are as well, it's also to, just like, an insecurity too. Yeah. Like people are bored. I knew, you know, given something new, it feels exciting if to hyper edit something, but it also can go too far. Because like, right. especially when it came to, um, to go back again to the hallucinations it's like they're in a a triangular formation which is visually beautiful stage film anything so at least like all you really had to do was do like a still shot and then be like okay dancers this is all you can move in (laughs) don't move don't go too far like it was it's it was just I mean, I, I'm surprised he did another movie after this because this seems like this is the one that you're like, I'm done. I did it. Yeah, what else do you have to say? But this is the last movie that he choreographed, I believe. Sure. I think That's after I this, it was just Star 80. Yes. That's all I can see. What but, about Big Deal? Did you ever see Big Deal, John? I have I not did. seen that. Was that. A, that was a Broadway musical. That right. was his last Broadway musical. I've seen the number that they did on the Tony Awards, which is fun. But that it, apparently wasn't very good. He also, Bob Fosse, apparently, like, didn't like working with a lot of other writers. And that's, so, like, I think he, like, the score is all old songs. Like, it's not original score. Because he was, for, yeah, during Pippin, he and Stephen Schwartz just butted heads the whole time. And uh, and I think that, this, like, people were saying the script wasn't very good. And there's like, but some of those numbers were really incredible. And also at that point, like, it's Bob Fosse. If he, he's not going to listen to you. Bob Fosse One also saw, go ahead. I was going to say, like, through the lens of this movie, it seems like he just didn't say no to projects. Like, he was like, oh, you want me to film this movie while I'm direct, uh, like, (laughs) directing this movie and directing and choreographing this show, and then I'm also doing this other thing here and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think, I, I, I mean, that's, I think that's what they're basically saying in the movie, like, that him working too much is what gave him the heart attack that then but i also think the work was also his drug like he was addicted i think to yeah. like create I mean, yeah, being great and also being like the god of all these projects has got to be intoxicated to be a director of all these like movies and stage now come on that's mm-hmm. too crazy one thing i noticed in the background of this was a musical called beatlemania yeah which apparently ran for like a thousand performances and it's just a bunch <laughs> of like beatles songs it's like a cover concert cover band oh wait concert. it's real it's yeah. real. It real. They're not CGI back then in 79. <laughs> Get out of here. This is not that Abba Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know if like, I mean, I didn't pay attention to the background, but like, because everything else has been changed, all the names have been changed. I didn't know if that was a. No, it's a like they're in thing. a cab and they're driving down the street and it's the winter. Garden you just see it on a marquee in the background. Yeah. Whenever I'm, I'm always looking in the background of these. I'm always reading marquees. I got to read the marquee. <laughs> well, because then you're you know a real marquee me? queen. I'm a marquee queen. Come on. You're not going to read a marquee if it's there? I'm going to read a marquee. Uh, you got to. I didn't pay attention <laughs> you don't know to the who's marquee. Playing. Exactly. Because I love reading something like, what is that? I've never heard of that. Like, I love right. just learning. I love learning. So <laughs> well, something then new to enter on Wikipedia. You and know? then it then turns into like a, a precious little time capsule to be like, yeah, these are real shows that That's happened show. at this time. What do you want to do tonight? Do you want to see Beatlemania? Do you want to see New it's York, like, LA? It feels like, oh, if someone did like a Taylor Swift, like jukebox musical without Taylor Swift and like 
and probably pack the house. <laughs> they did across the universe before across the universe was even exactly. a fox. The once upon a one more time of its day. Oh. <laughs> Well, if it ran a thousand performances, <laughs> then it's not. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, did that close the Britney one? Not yet. It hasn't it's yet. Oh, open. it's. Oh boy. Well, no it's tough time. It's tough for anything right now on Broadway. That's right? true. Um, but is it to get back to the episode? Is there anything <laughs> else you want to uh, talk about before we get into Stripe and Flat? Last call. No. Yeah, I Great. So. I think I said my piece. Let's <laughs> do it. Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. What do you guys want to start with? Do you want to start with sharps? Do you want to start with flats? Uh, which is the good one? Sharps, sharps are good. Okay. Because sharp in my ear sounds, ooh, it's sharp. Ooh. Um, can't think of it more of a fashion way. Like, ooh, that looks sharp. Got it. <laughs> think of it as fashion mark then it works and then and then you know how to speak to me John. i know how to speak to you <laughs> and, then, and then it's just like uh flat uh. oh this falls a little flat mm. a little flat. maybe the flat let's start negative and then end okay. positive. the one part of the movie that i'm still like i'm not sure what this is about is when he is wandering around in the hospital and finds that old lady and makes out with her i thought he then was like now he has become deaf or is you know, that that's what I thought maybe. he was. I because now she's like kind of delusion. Also, like you shouldn't be going up to women who are like going yeah. through something and just kissing <laughs> them on the lips. Yeah. Or is Yo. it another another <laughs> stage of death that like I don't remember the five stages off the top of my head, but like is it, it might be acceptance in a way where he's just like we're all gonna die. That and. Mm him dancing in the weird puddles in the basement of the of the yeah, hospital. hospital yeah what is this hospital where they just have right. like a flooded place that leads to like a room directly like what is going on with new york city come on new york in the 70s man it's a it was the wild the hospitals West. were a trip man even a rich guy can't get a nice hospital dch pounder like, love her yes first like, performance gives um leland palmer right no Anne ranking like her no, information to be right. like, now you have to pay me. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, fucked what was up. It? Why does she need, does she get paid by the hospital? That. She might have just been like an extra additional nurse. An hired nurse? Know. I thought that was weird. I was like, is this all a facade? Like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what he was show saying. Situation? <laughs> that, may, that may have been some drugs that Fosse was on. So okay. The uh, only uh, flat ooh. for me was I wish the musical they were doing wasn't about flight attendants. And switch was something cooler. Um, Again, I I feel compelled to say I think it's just a number in the musical. The thing's called New York to L.A. That's like a flight called New York L.A. I think it's about someone who is. That's the flight. That doesn't mean it's all just about that flight. Well, that's all we were shown. All the information I have is that it's about flight attendants. (laughs) So that's all I have to go on. So I wish all the only information I was given about this musical was about airlines. I wish like it was something (laughs) cooler, maybe a little more evocative, maybe sort of like thematic to like the story or something. Um, Like the movie he's working on is. I wish the musical itself was as well. Gotcha. That's Uh, all I'm saying. For me, I understand that this was a he was commenting on this and his lifestyle but like a flat for me was just the treatment of the women in the movie like they were treated less than they were treated especially like some of the conversations that Gideon and Kate had I was like oh 
you're gross. <laughs> but I like, see, that's yeah. to me, I like that because I think he was gross. You know, I don't think he's like saying, look at me being gross and think it's cool. I think he's like, it was like a warts and all portrayal. And I like appreciate, he wasn't making himself to be like, if right. he was like portraying himself to be like good to women, that would be more offensive because we know in reality he wasn't. So I appreciate okay. that he was like revealing yeah. like, this is who I really am. I am kind of a piece of shit. Then but I'll take that, very and it's like, and I'm aware of it, but I'm also able to get away with it, and so I don't know. I I think I think that's more of like why I'm plotting it. Just like it's a it's such a not a not a secret, like it's a it's such <laughs> right, a it, right. it's a fact now, and you're like, this is what happened. This is my lifestyle, and I'm like, okay, but treat people with a little more respect. Like, like I I I liked. He there well, was he does some die level. in the end. There, he does, <laughs> but like with at least with Leland Palmer, there was some sort of like mutual respect that they had, where they're like, "We were married, we had a child, but like mm-hmm. you are a gross human being, and I'm I could call you out on your bullshit." And it feels like she's the only one that he really respected out of yeah. anyone. Um, I also want to flat the the editing of this it just how dare you what they went an oscar <laughs> this is insane this is Again, really first time viewing you're getting a first time viewing everyone so this is my <laughs> this is my brutal and honest opinions there were moments where it just felt too choppy it just cutting back and forth back and forth and i was just like i don't know what's going on where uh the the montage in the hospital like of him not caring and the doctor's mm-hmm. like dude you're gonna die but then he's having a party in the room i don't know there's just something about that that i was like i i can't i can't right now i think it is more the style of the movie and i think it might be sort of akin to like what mark was saying about like seeing it the first time being like wait being confused yes. about it and i think to see it again and be like oh it's not you what you're expecting you're there's certain things you're expecting from a movie you're not going to get from this movie and i think when you know that it's a better ride. And I think that montage style is just a really effective way to put you in his head where like, yeah, time probably was jumping around. He was confused at times and like, you know, going in and out of head spaces. And I appreciate that. It put me in his head. Did they ever say how long he was in the hospital? I think it was, they initially said a few weeks and then he's there at one point. They're like, he's not getting better. So we're going to do this and that. So it seemed to happen really quickly. Because it because it seemed like a lot of time passed, but also n- not. But also he was like in a coma, so it's also like consider like, well, this is yeah. an unreliable narrator. <laughs> you know, I think it's meant to be a few weeks, but I also feel like we didn't need every day in the hospital. No, <laughs> and like, yeah. Um. All right, let's get to sharps then. The high note, everyone. Oh, uh, I mean the choreography, choreography, and ranking <laughs> Ben Vereen. Leland Palmer, Elizabeth um, Foldy. I'm gonna. Um, I sharped her because, like, because like you sharped her. I sharped her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you watch the extra of the Blu-ray of this? There's an interview. There's like a not an interview, but just like a conversation with between her and Ang Ranking, and they're like still friends. And uh, Isabel Foldy was saying that at her final callback, it was apparently between her and another girl. And one thing Bob Fosse asked them to, in, you know, it was apparently like they were neck and neck. They're both great. And Bob Fosse said to each of them while they were in the room, he put like a, a cigarette and a lighter on the table and said, light that cigarette for me. And the other girl like picked it up and lit it and like handed it to him. And what Isabel, uh, Isabel, whatever her name is, she like took the thing, lit it, 
and then handed it to him like she didn't put it in her mouth at all and he thought that was so funny and he thought that was such a that's such a sweet moment of innocence and that's why he picked her oh how nice to have a child light your cigarettes <laughs> what a weird test as a like yeah. as a director well i guess i yeah. just wanted to see what choice they would make because like obviously yeah. that first one was like oh maybe he's just trying to see if i can actually light it like an adult or something and yeah Urzabet was just like, I'm a child. <laughs> right. It is funny and like all the behind the scenes stuff of where you see Bob Posse, he always has a cigarette dangling. Oh, yeah. Like a half smoke. Like, like four or five exactly packs like the movie. Yeah. He actually trained Roy Scheider how to cough. I believe it. <laughs> um uh, apparently what he would do a lot of times at auditions, like at dance calls, he would light a cigarette and do the dancing with the cigarette in his mouth, not flicking it out. And like this, he was also really good at like just letting the ash grow. And like, so like all these dancers would just be like staring at the cigarette of like, oh, what's that? And like not pay attention to what he was doing and be like, all right, you do the number. Like you do the routine now. It <laughs> was like a weird test that a weird like mind game he would play with people. Um, I also, to go back, I also sharped the line. I wish you weren't so generous with your cock. Cause that's <laughs> yes. a good one. <laughs> well, cause that was like a, a thesis statement of this movie. It was, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It was you don't need to be the Bill Gates Foundation over there. <laughs> um, I also striped the the table read scene as well as the hospitals, the hospital hallucination sequence, and Bye Bye Life. I mean, those are just. I I know I I commented on the on the editing and everything, but like I, those were just masterful. Those sequences, like yeah. the I think the opening is as well. It's a, it does such a and great the op- job. yeah. The thing has like such a pace in the opening, like those first like 20 minutes where it's just like setting up the world and you're just seeing it through this. Like, it's like one, essentially the movie is a montage as a whole. It feels like sure. a montage ultimately, but I would yes. sharp the <laughs> editing. I'm sharpening the editing. I yeah, think the okay. editing is editing. fucking brilliant in this movie. Just how it, repeating movements and stuff. It's so cool. And like, it, what's interesting too about the morning routine is that it's always just like a little different. Like we, yeah. made, like we, they, they set it up the first time. And then like the second time, maybe we don't see him say it's showtime or he's a little um, wearier. He's starting to get a little yeah. shower this one. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's interesting that it's kind of like what Darren Aronofsky ended up doing in all of his films, but it's also not at the same time because you're just mm. seeing him slowly like erode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Uh, I I listen to some of them. I feel like I would put after you've gone, after you're gone, and um, bye bye life. I feel like those are. I like I like the songs. Um, I didn't really pay attention to everything old is new again because so I don't know how the, if I because uh, I. As I was saying before we recorded, I remember this song in the musical The Boy From Oz and Hugh Jackman sings it. So like I have that version in my head. But Mm -hmm. during that scene, I was paying attention to the choreography. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was like the song, the song I like the most was on Broadway because all the other songs, I'm just like watching the dancing for the most like the songs are like the actual songs are kind of an afterthought for me. because I'm just like Mm -hmm. so enraptured with it. So the songs didn't none of the songs quite hit for me, but I didn't think any of them were like bad. Also no ballads. Thank you, Bob Foss. No slow, <laughs> turgid ballads of like singing under the moonlight. Like, thank God, get the fuck out of here. Well, maybe the, um, I, maybe the movie itself is a ballad. 
Thank you. Yeah. I'm understanding. I'm understanding after sorry this conversation. Now is a little bit of a ballad. You what? Who's sorry now? That's uh, it's in the fantasy sequence, but it's all the other dancers with the fans, the big white fa- feather fans. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they're supposed to be represent like all the women he's slept with because we hear about Probably. some other stories. Like, oh my god, go back to that. I, I, you know what? Fuck it. I want to go back and sharp the the um the scene with Leland Palmer, Palmer. Mm-hmm. uh in the rehearsal. So biting and everything and it's like it's high it's intense it's such an intense scene and you're like why am i feeling this this but like it, it, high stress like, they capture i think they just capture like a couple that had been married together like have lived so much of their life together of like yeah they're they're like jabbing each other and poking each other but you also feel like they could go to the diner and get lunch after this and like It'll it's not fine. like a yeah and it's not like we need to talk about what we just talked about it's just like oh yeah this this kind of argument these kind they of they know each other so again. well or yeah. again they've had this argument before mm-hmm. and like maybe like the show title is different <laughs> each time <laughs> right yeah because, like, when she ends it being like, what's that girl's name in Chicago, the whatever yeah, yeah. town? And he's yeah. like, he doesn't say an actual name. He says a nickname. Yeah, he says, oh sweetheart, honey. Yes. <laughs> like. What a pig. Chef's kiss genius. <laughs> and yet there's no one else who would want directing and choreographing the show. <laughs> and on that note, gentlemen, <laughs> we did it. We done Yay, did all it. that jazz. Um, what do you have to plug or promote? Our podcast, Two Old Queens. <laughs> Patreon.com yeah. slash Two Old Queens. We're on Patreon. So uh, four episodes, we're looking for the gayest movies ever using a complex and Byzantine scoring system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a fun system. <laughs> I'm liking that, like, between the three episodes that we've done together on both of our podcasts, <laughs> it's all fossy. <laughs> All Fosse. All we're doing. Time. We're we're cover, We're going we've through. Only got a few more to go. <laughs> what else do we have? I guess Sweet Charity. Do we, we have to do Lenny? Charity. We don't have to do Lenny, do we? There's Lenny. I'm not saying we have just that. There's uh, Star Eighty. Star Eighty. And then once he does the choreograph other movies. Yes. He did some choreography early on, but like once he became a director, there was no. Or we can also go do his acting because he was apparently a mambo right, dancer true. in Damn Yankees. He's yeah, that's just one number he does with Gwen Verdon, which is fun, but it's not. I didn't really like look into his career as much, but he started as an actor dancer and then as a dancer, a choreographer, yeah. and then okay, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like he choreographed. I mean, on Broadway, he was a choreographer first. He did he, he did like Pajama Game and uh, Damn Yankees and maybe some other things. But uh, his first, I think, the first musical he directed was called Redhead. Which is one of those musicals at the time it it was it, Gwen Verdon was the star of that. I think it won eight Tony Awards and like no one's ever done it again. It was like <laughs> a huge hit in the probably mid or late fifties, and they're like, yeah, it's not actually very good. If you don't have Gwen Verdon, it's not worth doing. It was a proud so moment in time <laughs> that passed. <laughs> I can't believe right. we went this long and didn't talk about him tap dancing after coming. <laughs> with the, with the... I would be remiss if we didn't bring it up at some point though. <laughs> At least it, we it, getting mocks for uh oh right uh, oh right as a kid when he could as yeah, a that's kid tr- oh my god yes that at first I thought wait did he pee himself oh wait no no <laughs> well, I thought they were those girls molested him honestly I thought they were laughing because he had a heart on I didn't realize that he he had no, finished no, that's he a big old game, yeah. Saying, yeah 
Interesting. But I also thought like that's also like, well, this is how it feels to perform and be on stage. You know what I mean? I feel like this is probably mm-hmm. how it felt for him to be like, this is the ultimate like uh, sexual experience in a way is like applause. He lives for the applause. And but I think also... that when he was younger, he would perform at nightclubs like that. He would be like the act that came on between the strippers or like the vaudeville dancers um, because they needed some like a legitimate act. And he was like in high school and he was like studying and he lied about his age and all that stuff. And that's that also reminded me of a chorus line. There is a character in it <laughs> who monologues about doing exactly this thing. Mm-hmm. Not exact, not like no, no. you know Just how the drag, but yeah, not how the girls would you know give him a hard on and let him you know come and everything, but like <laughs> he would perform at nightclubs and everything. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you have. More to say about all that jazz, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Should the three of us get together and do sweet charity? Maybe? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and if you want to take a breath. <laughs> Maybe we'll find a different thing. Uh, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're doing the second chance of Tommy. Woo! Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back on and letting me harass you to come back <laughs> thank you for having <laughs> us at all. always a treat mm-hmm. yeah uh and until next time everyone bye for now special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast bye again everyone and have a musical day